Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is a really unique, really fun, really high energy, blow your mind, awesome type of episode. This is a joint episode. This episode is going to be published on e-commerce evolution, but also on the marketing people love podcast because me and Jack Spitzer are joining forces and we're like interviewing each other. And it's like, I'm asking questions. He's asking questions. But it just comes together in a pretty beautiful, uh, organic way. And so we're talking about how to scale on YouTube, why most people misunderstand YouTube, and how to make it work. I think you're going to love it. So here we go. Let's dive in and let's talk YouTube ads with Jacques Spitzer. Brett, we are going to be, I know, diving into topics that you and I, we text about late at night after your 15 15 kids are down for bed. Um, I just add one every time I talk to you. Yeah, um, it's only and, uh, eight. It's only eight, but, fi- it's but only feels, eight. Like, feels like fifteen at night. So I think, I think like you're on something here. So, uh, but we we talk about, and I, I'm so excited to surface some of the things that we talk about about what's working, what isn't, uh, what is really really working. Is just what we get excited about. Um, and so you know, let's uh, let's dive into some topics around the all impressive. YouTube platform that so few people understand how to leverage. It's it's true, man. And, and I, you know, you speak at a lot of events. I speak at a lot of events. Every time I do, almost I ask people, "Hey, who here's you know by show of hands running ads on YouTube?" And it's always less than twenty percent. Sometimes it's ten percent. And then people that have run it are often frustrated by it, and they don't know you know why it's not working. And so, you know, I think we we've got these these two really unique perspectives, right? You've seen a lot of the campaign side. You're, you're a creative guy, creative agency. You know the ins and outs of making killer YouTube content. I'm more on the campaign and strategy side, although I, I understand creative pretty well too. So I think this 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 combo of ideas is going to be pretty powerful. So look out after you listen to this, plus after we tell you about a little special opportunity that won't be right for everybody, but for some people, when you can come hang out with me and Jock, um, I think people will be ready for YouTube. I think they'll be excited, motivated, inspired for YouTube. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that event later in the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we got a cool, let, let's talk about YouTube in general. And I think part of the reason people don't have success with YouTube is because they don't really understand it. They don't understand how, how people engage with it, what creative should be like, you know, how people are consuming it. And so I think it'd be kind of cool just to, to share our perspectives on what is YouTube and how do people interact with it. And so a couple of things, and since, since I talk about YouTube a lot, I, I've got a few stats that are kind of kind of memorized, but... Give, it, give us those juicy stats, Brett. Juicy stats. Yeah, so it's over 2 billion active users, which that's kind of a meaningless number. Like anytime you get in the billions, our minds just kind of break a little bit. But uh, one stat that I love is that in the primetime hours, which we're both longtime ad guys, I still like TV ads. I still enjoy watching how do people advertise on TV. Uh, but during those primetime hours, so, you know, 7P to 11P or whatever, more adults engage with YouTube than any cable network. So more people are watching YouTube than any cable network. Also, what's interesting, I'm curious if, if your son does this. My kids, especially like my my 12-year-old through like my 15-year-olds, uh, they, in the evening, if they're watching TV on their own, more often than not, they're watching a YouTube creator. They're watching U- YouTube on their t- on the TV, right? Absolutely. Yeah, my son's just about to turn eight, and um, that 
That's why I wasn't shocked. I heard the stat that something between like 45 to 47% of people consume YouTube on their television. Yeah. That blew my mind. But it kind of started making sense when I started thinking about, you know, with smart TVs, the way yep. that they've just proliferated, it's just a button away and it just changed everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think we could even get into some kind of cool ideas on how that shifts creatives just a little bit if you're showing it on yep. the TV versus versus computer or mobile. But what's interesting about that is I think the key is, you know, prime time has become very personalized, just like everything else. Like, we don't want to just watch a sitcom. We want to watch what we want to watch. And so uh, YouTube is massive. I think it reaches like 97% of, of all adults. Actually, I may be fibbing on that. Uh, it's around 90. Let's go with 90. I think that's right. Of all adults in the U.S. consume YouTube, average session duration is like 42 minutes. So it's a really lengthy amount of time spent on YouTube and the way I like to talk about it is, you know, my dad's 73. He's on YouTube all the time. My six-year-old son, Benjamin, he's on YouTube all the time. Like it just, it reaches, it reaches everybody. And so it, it, it's a powerhouse. And there are shopping experiences taking place on YouTube. So people, you know, look for unboxing videos and product review videos. And what is the best travel pillow or best noise-canceling headphones or best waterproof shoes or whatever. People are searching for products on YouTube as well. So... And, and I know you know this, of course, it, you know, Google has all their search history. And so it's also further personalizing whatever content that they're getting served, especially on the ad side, based on what they're interested in, their life phase, if they have kids, if they have a dog, all the things that they have searched on Google or YouTube that would make them the audience for anything that they watch. Exactly. And what's cool about that, what, what, you know, the search behavior is people searching for stuff on Google or on YouTube. That's Google's first party data. So you're giving, you're willingly giving that data to Google. And so Google can then target people based on that. So I know privacy changes are going to shift and who knows what the future is going to look like exactly. But I think Google's going to be able to target people based on their search behavior for the foreseeable future because not third party data, it's first party data. And so uh, very powerful though. Yeah. For, for Google to know, Google knows what you're shopping for, Jacques, right? Like Google knows when you're looking for like the new the new uh, sports code or the new shoes, like they know when you're shopping for stuff. And so they can deliver those, those relevant ads. And so I, I did see recently a billion shopping experiences happen every day across Google. So that's Google wow. search, shopping, YouTube, Gmail, like a billion search opportunities a day. So just a, just a massive opportunity. And I've also seen like almost half of people bounce between YouTube and search. So like I see something on YouTube I like, I'm just going to search for it. So this combination of, of Google and YouTube is, is very powerful. Yeah. So Brett, I, I'd love to ask you about this. Um, recently on my last two podcasts, I had two people who really, uh, they have brands that have really been able to harness YouTube as a platform um, and, and to really grow their top of funnel ad spend to grow their ads, to grow their awareness, and actually convert. Um, you know, we're well known as an agency for the work that we did with Dr. Squatch to take them from 3 million to hundreds of millions in sales. And YouTube was a huge driver for them in that. It was the, and just to, just to, uh, just to brag on you a little bit, Jock, and on the Dr. Squatch team, you guys won YouTube ad of the year, right? That was yes. like in, in yeah, 2019 in 20, or something. No, 2020. So 2020. It was during the height Dang. of the pandemic, the yeah. height of e-commerce spending. So I, it might be the highest converting ad in human history, which is kind of crazy <laughs> to say. 
It's kind of crazy I, it, to say. It's crazy because it's soap, and it, it's not yeah. like it's not like it's not cheap soap either. I've got, I've got some of the house. It's fantastic. So worth yeah. it. Yeah. But it's not yeah. necessarily how easy is it to differentiate soap and then get you to buy a premium soap. That's not yeah. easy to do. Yeah. If you go to YouTube, you type in Doctor Squatch, save your skin, watch the ad. It's awesome, mesmerizing. So awesome. And yeah. uh, but uh, you know, we've since had so many other success stories. I think we probably have five or six of the top performing ads of the last five years for brands on YouTube scalably. Um, and when I think about that, though, I always ask these brands like, well, how did how were you finally able to and I'm going to think about it in terms of like exit velocity or escape velocity, almost yeah, like the yeah. gravitational pull. How are you able to overcome the uncertainty that is involved with triangulating all these numbers and all this information? Because it doesn't act the same way as a, you know, bottom funnel YouTube search, like a like a pay-per-click ad. And it doesn't act like a meta ad. And no one in the world may know more about this than you, Brett. So I'd love to understand, you know, what are how are you all? I think my question to you is how do you educate the your partners to be prepared to understand what is and isn't working for their brand when it comes to YouTube? Because that is I think the mystery that's keeping so many brands from unlocking the potential that is YouTube. Yeah, and, and it's I'm so glad you brought that up. And this is this is obviously a topic that I'm very passionate about and you're passionate about too, because you you've seen these brands see it firsthand. Yeah, you've seen them explode and then you've seen the brands that don't touch YouTube and of course they can still be successful, but sure. It's not the same. And they they, they don't right. become doctors. Dr. Squatch doesn't become Dr. Squatch without without YouTube. And so Absolutely. Uh, so it, it is possible. I think, you know, one thing to keep in mind is that like this problem of not understanding what ad is working or what channel or platform is working is the advertising problem we've always faced. It it is like Correct. the the original advertising problem. I love the the P. T. Barnum quote, right? And the the movie The Greatest Showman was kind of loosely based on P. T. Barnum. Brilliant, that that brilliant movie's fantastic. Marketer. I love the sound. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, we yeah. listen to it. My my kids. We like to listen to that in the kitchen while we're making meals. I don't know. It's just it just fits. It's like I listen to it myself just to get myself amped up. So <laughs> we're on the same page, Brett. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but you know, he said that that I know that half of my advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Right. And so that like that's always been the problem. But you just you got to keep advertising. Now I'm not I'm not suggesting that you just be like, well, it's okay. I'll, I'll never know. And so we'll keep, we'll keep going. But I, I do think you'll never know perfectly. And that's a right. big deal. You'll never be able to fully pinpoint. Uh, but thankfully, we can get way closer than, than P.T. Barnum did back in the day. And so there, there's a few things to keep in mind. One, I think that the YouTube is is often the very top of the funnel. It's often the very first touch point, the very first introduction that someone has with your brand. I think it's a little bit different, too, in, in terms of meta for a few reasons. And I'm so glad you brought up it's different than search. It's different than shopping. It's different than Meta. It's certainly different than Amazon ads. And so I think with Meta, though, one Meta is a pretty good job of tracking. And you often only have one Meta login, right? You've got, you got one Facebook account. That's it. And all of that tracking was designed a little bit more recently than Google's, even though Google's improved and they got enhanced conversions and things like that. Uh, I think Facebook often has like a better picture a little bit. But even more than that, uh, YouTube is top of funnel, and usually someone is on YouTube for a purpose. I'm there researching a topic. I'm there watching a specific creator that I like. Uh, I'm there looking to research something I'm going to buy. So you are interrupting them, and they were not there to view your ad. 
So right. getting them to click and purchase right away is not very common, not very likely. I think it's a little bit different on Facebook because you don't usually go to Facebook with a specific purpose. You're not going there to, maybe you're going there to stalk a particular person, but usually it's just oh kind of, like, I'm just there. I'm just hanging right. out. And so right. easier to bail and go do something uh, off of Facebook. So I think I think both of those are important. And then, you know, one thing that we, we've got to look at, I want to dig into a couple of different metrics because we yeah. always want to look at, like, is this truly creating a lift for our business or is it just a, is it just waste? It's just a loss, you know, lost, um, lost opportunity. So some are metrics to look at, but one of them is, is view through conversions. People that, people that see the ad, they don't click because that's not why they were on YouTube, but they do purchase within a given window. And usually we like to like a one to one to three day window. And yeah. so, so yeah, so I, I, uh, there's a few other things I want to, I want to dive into there, but I'm curious Chuck, from your perspective, and I'm so glad you had those interviews with with those two awesome brands. What what did they say? Like, what were some of the things they yeah. said that gave them confidence? Totally. And and as someone who uses YouTube myself and has bought things that I saw on YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I recognize that when I'm on Meta, I click on the ad. It's a direct click. When I'm on YouTube, I usually go to my Safari app tab and I open up and I'll type in the URL or I will Google search it. And so we see, just because of that behavior, a lot of people there, yeah, do you, do, you, you know. Just, clar- just clarification there, Jacques. So you're watching, you're watching YouTube. You're watching YouTube on, my on phone. your mobile? Or, yeah, okay. On my phone. And then you go to your, or, your desktop or something. Or if it, if it were on my TV, I, either way, I wouldn't click on the link. And I think that immediately changes the way that you can truly track the behavior. Because the behavior is going to look different. People are going to come. We see, and I'm sure you do too, that... Um, we see a huge lift in branded search. Yeah. We see a huge lift in Amazon search for the brand. Like we see all these, um, we see all this behavior that's influenced by seeing the ad. It's just the route they take to buy or purchase is indirect. And of course, you're gonna have people that find out about it, go to the website. Maybe they don't necessarily buy. They get remarketed on Meta. Now it looks like a Meta conversion. So. It is messy, like it. It is messy, but it's so it's such a bigger ocean. It's a yeah. it's a huge yeah. ocean of, of opportunity. Um, and I, I want you to react to that before I tell you what our clients have explained. Um, does that yeah. does that all add up? Oh, it one hundred percent adds up. And so, so I want to add a couple of things to it. But before I forget, I, I remember my buddy Will Hughes. Shout out to Will Hughes, who was on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. But he used to run. He was the head of growth at Organifi. We worked together for a while. We were helping with YouTube there. And he always talked about how there's so much more scale on YouTube than on, than on Meta. Meta, I think, is easier. And for some brands, Meta's always going to be your, your number one source of new customers. Yep. But YouTube had more scale. It, it's, it's a bigger ocean. There's more, there's more ad inventory there, more opportunities to sell. It is bigger. Anyway, uh, so that, that's something, something to keep in mind. But I love this, this concept of branded search. And I may be just completely making up this name, but I'm just going to go for it because it's fun. I think, I think the dude's name is Mark Pritchard. But he's with a PNG, and if it's not Mark Pritchard, then that's a cool sounding name. And sounds, so, sounds smart. I, I would trust a guy named Mark Pritchard, and so so we, we we feel good about that. But he said, you know, one of the one of the best metrics they track for their brands to see if they're succeeding is how branded searches are growing, because they know that if they, and they know TV that they know TV, they know radio, they know online, but they know if people are searching for you by name that's when you've got something going. That's when you're no longer just someone who sells stuff online. You are a real brand that people want and that people search out. So that's a big deal. Uh, we also look at, we had, we had this big hair care uh, brand 
Then they we ran YouTube. They were spending three to six hundred thousand a month, something like that, on on YouTube. They had to pause when iOS fourteen point five first hit because tracking was broken and they, they just didn't want to keep running, so they paused. We also ran their Amazon ads and their Amazon business. Their Amazon branded search cut in half when we paused. When we paused YouTube. Now we got it all back, like everything was fine. We got it all going again, but uh, just a, a real clear picture that. Branded search comes from somewhere, right? You don't just wake up with an epiphany of a brand in your head. Like you, you saw something that made you want to do that. And so, so that's really important. We also noticed uh, Live Bearded, a client, longtime client. If you've got a beard, you got you got to try Live Bearded. Uh, you'll smell better. Your beard will look better. All, all that. Oh my gosh, uh, you just turned this into a podcast ad. I, I did. <laughs> man, and that was free. That was like, that was like natural product. I, I got I to send him yeah. an invoice. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> So anyway, we uh, uh, running you know ads for sample kits and stuff, and so for a while, like YouTube was clearly the top performer. Then we brought in like a third party attribution tool, which I do recommend. I like third party attribution tools. And then we're, then and then there was like, well, I don't know, YouTube's actually working. Look what it says in the third party attribution tool. So we started digging deeper, and then we looked at every time we scaled up on YouTube, every other channel got better. Yep. And there was a lift in unattributed conversions. Okay. Yep. Every time we pulled back on YouTube, the performance of Meta got worse. The performance of every other channel got worse. And so it's really clear. Actually, we kind of came to the point where we're like, I think YouTube's the best driver of, of new new customers right here for, for this. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think there's there's several things. You, you've got to be really smart about what you're measuring and, and looking at. But the results are there if you have the right creative. We're going to get into that in a minute. And, and nobody does that better than you. Uh, but then you got to have the right campaign structure. But then you got to measure it. You got to know what are you measuring? How are you measuring it? And are you looking at overall lift? And are you looking at it in an, an intelligent way? So yeah, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear the, what, what your clients were, were saying. Every client that we have had that have, has truly broken through it. That, I, I, I keep calling it that escape velocity, but it's so oh, true. I love that. It's, that's it's such like a cool thing. Because you could just feel these. Uh, we work with brands that are doing $100 million, $200 million, $300 million in online sales. And I can feel the fear from them and not understanding the picture in the irony a lot of times is that you know they're getting like a monthly budget to youtube that's like the same as one day on meta and they're expecting (laughs) to be able to like experience this like amazing big like life-changing result or and i'm like no that you're spitting into the ocean and expecting to like no and so all three of them Almost madding, madding, maddeningly, maddeningly. I don't even know if that's a word. Maddeningly, you just gotta say it quick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, You know, sometimes it feels like I remember asking someone, "How'd you know? How'd you know when you were in love?" And every time someone tries to explain it, it's like it doesn't. There's no, like I don't know. Like we just somehow we just had the confidence that finally we were in love. In YouTube, that confidence works very similarly. It's like all the triangulation of information. They're using post-purchase survey attribution tools. They are using view-through conversions. They are using um, lifts on Amazon and, and Meta. They are using lifts in branded search, like trying to see you know how much of its lift, lifts in direct traffic. Like all of these, you know, pieces to paint the picture. And at some point, they go, you know what? What if we what if we took that budget from Three thousand dollars a day to ten thousand dollars a day. What if we took it from ten thousand to twenty, from twenty yeah, to fifty, yeah, right? Yeah. And they hit this 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 exit velocity where they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's all working, and we can continue to invest in this way and scale in this way." 
Um, another thing that I think uh, they've shared with me is that they use for their own like CPA targets and everything else that they, they typically come up with some sort of CPA target that they're comfortable with. That's not the same necessarily as their true target. They're usually adding somewhere between 40 to 60% to their true CPA target to give themselves that sort of wiggle room of the unknown without feeling like, I know I'm not wasting money. It's just, it, it's not as obviously efficient as maybe with some of my other channels. Um, but that gives them the confidence to say, okay, as long as we're within this range, I can spend more and more and more. And then they do the reconnaissance on, okay, is this, even if half of these view through conversions are attributed, or even if a third are, this is really working for us. Um, and it seems to me that it is the ability to gain confidence. And honestly, just having the the chutzpah to do it. Yeah, like there's yeah. some point exactly. where like exactly how do you yeah. how do you do it? You just put yourself and you go. Uh, but you have there's there's a point up until a point that you're like trying to get as much information as you can. Um, so that that's 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 how they described the process to me, and it's pretty much never strayed from that. I love that. And then here's my belief: if you've got the right creative, if you've got a, if you got a creative that really hooks the right audience and overcomes objections and makes them really want your probably like creates desire stirs people to say like, dang, I really, wa- I really want that. If you've got that creative and then you've got the right campaign structure, the right audience structure, you're reaching the right person at the right time in the right way. And then you've got the right, the right bidding and all that. And then, and then you're tracking it as best as you can. And, and if you got a landing page that converts, right. And follow up system and all, all those things, like you've got that in place, it's, it's gonna work. And, and one of the things that, that I think is really interesting, and you brought this up uh, earlier, but I couldn't agree more. I've seen this too. A lot of times the companies that get it and spend more on YouTube faster are those that have done stuff on TV before. Because I think YouTube actually functions quite a bit like TV. We watch it on TV, a lot of us do, but it functions more like that where you're right. A lot of people do just what you do. They watch the YouTube ad, they don't click it, but they go search or they go they go check it out in some other way. It's the way that's the way TV has always worked, right? You don't click on the TV ad. Uh, it just leads to results later. And so often... And actually, we just we just started consulting with. I even invested in a brand uh, that's doing uh, well north of fifty million, and all they've done is TV and radio, and, uh, uh, and they're they're growing online and on on Amazon. So we're like, wow, I think we could do some stuff with with YouTube here uh, for this one. And so, but but a lot of people just don't have that confidence, and they grew up kind of in a Facebook world and where they could tr- track everything pretty well. And so YouTube is a little is a little bit scarier. So. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show. Yeah, so let, let's let's do this, Chuck. I, I, wanna, I wanna think about and talk about creative, right? And, and this is your wheelhouse. I'm passionate about this too. I just like talking about it. And I like geeking out about ads. But what what do you do when you're talking to 
a client and you know they want to do YouTube or they're open to doing YouTube, how do you talk about creative in a little different way there than say if they were just doing social? Totally. So there's a couple of things uh, to keep in mind. Um, one is, you know, you are right that I very much view it just like I, I do television. I view it as an online version of television, which really yeah. isn't true anymore since 45% of it's being watched on television anyway. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. but it, it, it it's so there. it does. I think even if you think about that way, it's a television commercial. It is. If 45% of it's being watched on TV, you might as well just call it a television commercial. Um, and so it acts the same way. People react to it the same way. And so that's how I think about it. One is, you know, ultimately we'll work with a brand. What is your goal? Um, you know, like for instance, we collaborate together on Native, for example. Native is highly at retail. You know, I can walk into my ride in and grab some. I can walk into CVS, Walmart, Target, like wherever, right, wherever you want to go. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And so, you know, that's going to be a big opportunity for them to get as much velocity in front of people, get as many eyeballs on their brand, because when they go to do their typical shopping experiences, they're there next to a lot of other potential options. Um, now, if we want to drive people to action right then and there, a lot of times we do more what's called longer form advertising. We try to make an ad that's over a minute and a half long, two minutes, three minutes. And that's that's something that we've, like, we've, we do both. We've, we've become known for both. The longer form is definitely harder. Um, and my dad asked me one time, when we first launched the original Dr. Squatch video, I'll never forget, I had my, my wife, my dad, like my best friend, like everyone I shared it with, they're like, that's just a really long ad. Like three minutes <laughs> is really long. And I said- I, I see, so you make ads, you just make them longer. Good job. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like, man, that's a really long ad. I mean, it's funny and it's good, but it's like really long. And my reaction to my dad was like, I understand that you feel like it's long, but- you to this day still will watch a 30 minute infomercial as you flip yeah, through your channel or TV. Yep. Yep. This is just the new generation of the infomercial. Yes. This yes. is just the new generation of an ad that grabs your attention, holds your attention, educates you, helps you understand why you might want the product, and then asks you multiple times to take action. And in fact, it's easier than ever to finally take action. You don't have to call anybody, you can just go to the website. Um, and once I started realizing that we did, we've done a lot of work with works power tools and some other brands that have actually transitioned a lot of their spend from longer form TV commercials into, you know, the internet, um, uh, ad spend variety. Uh, that, that's how I think about it. the humans have not changed. Like we have not changed our, we, I, I totally disagree when people say humans have short, um, attention spans. We don't, we have short consideration spans. And it's something that I've been preaching because I'm like, people that's are, are really out. good. That's a really good way to put it. So, so explain what you mean by yeah. that. I think I know where you're going with that. And yeah. I think I 100% so, agree, but what, is that, what does that mean? So when we launch some of our, our ad campaigns, let's say it's a three-minute spot and it's, you know, it's educational, it's entertaining. It just like, it just keeps hitting you with something. You just like, oh man, I just want to keep watching. Even though it's here to watch something else, like this is actually more entertaining than what I just clicked on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Our average, average watch times for those spots will be anywhere between... 28 to 40 seconds. Like people that could skip after insane, five seconds. by the way. That's insane. Yeah. I look at a lot of ad campaigns. That's a crazy high number. For yeah. a two and a half or three minute video or even a minute, a minute and a half. Right. Like awesome. Right. Yeah. And then the, you know, people that complete it will range anywhere from 8% to, you know, it depends on how you're targeting, but up to 20%. So that means like 
one in 10 to one in five, somewhere in that range of people will watch the entirety of the ad. And so there's two reasons why that matters. One is I believe that humans have like a sunken cost fallacy on their time. So like if they watch the ad, if they're one of those one in five people are watching the ad that long and you're like, you're still watching this ad, you know you're interested. Go ahead and take action. You won't regret it. And we have a money back guarantee. I already just go find it. Go it, buy it. It literally yeah. works like that. It's like if you can in 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 YouTube, you have that opportunity to tell that story, maintain the connection, and then have that kind of re you know like remind people you're still watching this. You clearly have interest. Go check it out. Like you have nothing to lose. Um, but so that's why the long form I think does work well because you can close more people that see it for the first time to try it rather than, you know, if you, if they get just pieces of information, a 15 second ad, a 30 second ad, they never really get enough to like stop and get their attention and then feel like they have to take action right then. Um, they're great as like reminders or they're great if you're like truly an omnichannel brand and you know, you're going to do a ton of damage at retail, a ton of damage, you know, damage at, uh, at, on Amazon. Um, then I'm like, great, run a bunch. I mean, I, I would run a bunch of 15s and 30s um, or even bumper ads. We make a ton of bumper ads too, like little six second reminders. Um, so creatively, that's how we think about it. It's just like, how do you get someone to care about your brand and then actually listen and then actually take action? And you would think all advertising is that, but I think a lot of times it's just not, unfortunately. Yeah, I lo- love the comparison. The, this really is like a short form infomercial. If you're trying to drive direct conversions or as direct as is possible with YouTube, and there's still going to be a much higher percentage that search for later, go to a later, see it on meta, click, things like that. Um, but if you want to drive conversions, you do need that longer form video because the more time someone spends with your brand, that the more likely they are to purchase. And one of the things, and I don't 100% love this advice, but I think it's illustrative and, and it's kind of good. I remember hearing Dan Kennedy. Are you, are you a Dan Kennedy fan? Have you ever? Are you familiar with him at all? Uh, Maybe conference and uh, yeah, no. she's part of, with Russell Brunson now. But okay, he, okay, he used to have like the biggest marketing conferences, and then this was like kind of pre-trafficking conversion summit. Anyway, Dan Kennedy, brilliant guy, but he used to speak at like all the the Zig Ziglar conferences and stuff like that. And he would say, uh, and he would always sell from stage. So he sold this thing called magnetic marketing. It was a training course on how to how to market the way he does. And so he said, I never look at feedback forms. I don't care. I don't care what the feedback form says. I don't care if they like my hair, my suit. All I look at is the receipts. Who purchased? Who bought from my talk? And and I actually like looking at feedback forms. I think there's some things you can learn there. But uh, all he cared about was the the results. What what leads to sales? And when we look at that. And we, we've looked at clients who run like same version of an ad, one that's 30 seconds, one that's a minute 15. The minute 15 often has five, 10, 10x more con- conversions than the shorter version. But to, to your point, short versions can be great for reminders, for remarketing, for getting you to purchase in stores. Like they're, it all works together, but that's where like, the, the creative strategy comes into play. And, and I would just, I never want to set someone up for the wrong expectations, yeah. right? Like, no one's ever scaled a brand off of 15 second YouTube ads. Correct. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It just doesn't exist. So it's like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to tell someone what it does. Um, it, it, it makes sense. It's just math. It's just math. It's like, if you're going to reach people and they're willing to give you, I mean, cause that's an average, right? Like, so let's say 25% of you, one of four is willing to watch 75% of your ad. They're willing to watch two minutes of your ad. Well, now they know your value propositions. They know why you exist. They know a lot about your brand. 
What's crazy is that even if they don't buy, you've taught them enough in two minutes that they can explain to a friend. So they can, yeah. they can end up being a referral source. <laughs> they can become a referral source. It's so true. Referral source. It, it's pretty wild. I mean, imagine you watch an ad about like, you know, a backup generator for your home or something. And you're like, I don't really need one. But then your buddy's out in Colorado and he's like, oh yeah, you know, winter's coming. Last year we lost power. And you're like, oh yeah, I just saw this ad for this thing. Or maybe it's a pool fence or something. And you're like, I don't have a pool. But like kid just, your friend just had a kid and they have a pool. And they're like, oh, we need a pool fence. You're like, oh, you should check out this like company I heard about. It literally works that way, but not if you only advertise for 15 or 30 seconds. You have to cool. like create the imprint in people's minds. Yeah, love it. What, what are some of the, and I know people that listen to your podcast know all this already, but people that listen to mine might not. Like, What are, what are some of the, the campaigns that you're most proud of? So as, as you look back at the work, the, the raindrop, and a quick, quick shout out, Team OMG is working with, so we partner together on clients a lot. But so we just hired you guys to, to create some ads for OMG, which I'm super, super excited about. But what are some of your campaigns you're most uh, you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, um, we've been spending a lot of time talking YouTube. Um, so, you know, all, most of our campaigns are, are on the channel and they yep. have a YouTube yep. As they should be. To it. Right. Um, and so, I mean, uh, got to start with the Dr. Squash work because it was so yeah, transformative yeah, so and people yeah. loved it so much. Um, you know, that the performance of that out on YouTube in 2020 allowed us to help, you know, with them grow the company to um, a point where they were able to afford a Super Bowl ad. So we did a Super Bowl ad together. Um, and that was just an incredible experience. Um, it, it's also been transformative for brands like Dossier and for, uh, you know, it's been amazing to be working with Nato. Dossier is, is affordable, Affordable luxury um, fragrances, um, right? fragrances, correct. Um, and uh, and Bones Coffee was another one where you know anytime we can watch brands grow by you know tens of millions quickly behind you know William Painter was a was a classic one too. That was way back no when. Fun, yeah, but, that's one that I um, always think of with you guys is is the William Painter. Totally, your totally. face is your money maker. You know, like I love yeah. that. Love that. And then we had this, we had the chance chance to work with um shady rays too on multiple campaigns um and so they've you know i mean they've grown from 20 to i don't know the exact number now but it's closing in on nine figures and they are opening their own retail stores they have three or four retail stores now um they're doing national television commercials and it's just cool i think i enjoy watching you know us take brands to that next level or just having the opportunity like we did this incredible um, campaign with uh, Manscaped just won a gold telly award and it's one of my favorite campaigns ever um, you that's know that's one that like just, with kind of the torture scene or there's a torture yes, scene yes torture scene of his of his uh, potentially of his crown jewels if you will um, you know it, it those all I, it's like I could keep going but there, there's in general we love the work we get to do um, a lot of, you know, a lot of it does involve comedy. I don't think it has to involve comedy. Right. Right. Um, we are getting uh, into some other like forms of work that don't necessarily involve comedy that are longer format. But you said it earlier, it's like people are only on YouTube for a couple of reasons. And usually it's to be entertained it, or yeah. to learn yeah. something. Yeah. So your ad has to do that. It has to entertain them and it has to allow them to learn something. And you don't have to enter the, like, if you're a traditional ad uh, you're not watching it you're just going to be like skip exactly uh so much so much good stuff there uh we both had the privilege of speaking at an event in puerto rico recently yes as we're, so it's blue ribbon mastermind super fun and 
And even though I'm not the creative guy, I, I sh my talk was on seven ad tests or things to think about before you run. And one of my favorites, and you guys always nail this, one, one test is what I call the physical reaction test. Does the ad cause a physical reaction? And all of those you just mentioned cause a physical reaction. You lean in. You laugh without being able to like to literally laugh out loud. You, you want to do something. You're motivated to pick something up and search for it. Or do, it creates a physical reaction. And so you guys are so good at that, like striking the emotional cord, put some humor in there to keep people watching. And then, and then it just, it just works. Right. And I, I love, I love the William Painter example. And, and, and Shady Rays is, is super cool too. I've got to check that out in, in more detail, but I get to watch the William Painter one a little bit closer because I actually taught those guys YouTube, so they took my YouTube course. And then oh, that's we, right, we, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and yes. that's actually, that was actually our first intro. I think you you guys saw the YouTube course as well. Or it's something crazy. Like that. So uh, we watch, yeah. So we watched the YouTube course, and uh, when Painter's watching the, to, to the YouTube course, and then because of that, the Doctor Squatch team was watching the YouTube <laughs> course. So we were all we were all on uh, watching your courses. That was like which, five which years is, ago. Which great, yeah. And yeah. So, so I got to I got to keep in touch with the William Painter guys, and so I won't I won't give away any numbers that they don't want to be given away, but they were scaling so fast and they were spending a lot of money on YouTube. But they they said, they were like, hey, we figured it out. This was driving sales. So we're not even tracking like YouTube direct performance. We're looking at all of it together. We're just mashing it all up and looking at it. They were more sophisticated than I'm oversimplifying a little bit. But right. they, back to our original point, like they they had the faith and they were like, no, 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 no look, look at total sales. It, it, they're, they're growing whenever we scale this. And so yep. they were looking at more like MER, you know, total media efficiency uh, ratio, which is pretty cool. So um, awesome, man. Well, hey, we, so we just kind of teased a few things inadvertently. Dr. Squatch, we talked about us speaking at events. We talked yes. about YouTube courses. But Jacques, we got, we got something coming up, man. We got something coming up that's not for everybody. And by that, that means that we can't let everybody come because we're going to have limited space. But but do you want to talk about the the event we're doing together here uh, in a pretty short period of time. Yes. So Google LA, you and myself, maybe another person. We'll see. I think Old someone City. from YouTube is planning on speaking as well. Someone from YouTube. L little bonus. Uh, yeah. Three people. I, I, I don't call myself expert in many things, but I am an expert in this. You are an expert in this. Uh, can't wait for that event um, in September um, I believe it's only going to be open to brands themselves. Google, yeah, that's what yeah. Google is asking us to do. That's which what Google's requesting. Could, yeah, brands only. We're both agency owners, so so nothing but love for our agency friends. But but this event is just for brands. Yeah, and more than anything, I'm looking forward to the energy that I know you'll bring. Um, in wow. fact, I asked after the Puerto Rico event if you could give me your presentation. I could steal half of it since it was so creative heavy. I will, I will do that. I never I did still that. Want I it. it to you. I still 100%. want it. I'll do that. I'll do it as soon as we start, uh, uh, hang up here. So, so let's do that. Yeah. And what's, what's cool is I, I've been waiting a long time to do this event again. So it's the YouTube slash LA offices and Playa Vista. It's the, the Spruce Goose Hangers, which phenomenal facility. If you watch the movie. Spruce Goose? Like what's Spruce Goose? That oh, just oh, sounds so, yeah, okay, amazing. So here's, the, here's the story. Have you, have you heard of the movie, The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. So he plays this eccentric billionaire, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes lived in LA. Uh, he was actually rich because his father was rich. That's another story. He built what was going to be like the biggest airplane, most ambitious, called the Spruce Goose. He built these two gigantic hangars in Los Angeles. Uh, the whole thing was a flop. It was a bust. But also Howard Hughes tried to make movies and stuff. Anyway, 
Google bought those two hangers and converted them into half as like YouTube studio, half as Google audience, uh, Google offices. And so it's a phenomenal space, dude. It, it's, it's really cool. So in 2020, February, I got invited to do a similar event at those offices, packed house. It went so good that the people at YouTube or the people at Google were like, hey, let, let's do something like this in Chicago, then we can do L, uh, uh, New York or whatever. But then guess what happened? Like a few, a few weeks later, uh, COVID hit. And so then we, we have not been able to do an event like this. So it is free. Some meals are included. You get to tour the facility, all that. I get to hang out with me and Jacques. Um, but it, but it is limited. So we'll, we'll uh, tell you how to go and register here momentarily, but coming up in September and dude, I'm, I'm stoked. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now we're going to talk about YouTube and creative, but also performance max. I think there's this window and I, this, this podcast is not about performance max. I don't want to get into it, but there's a window of opportunity because, because YouTube is kind of difficult. We have found some brands that have been able to scale YouTube placements through performance max. I think it's a little easier to get there, maybe it's from a budgetary standpoint. So I'll, I'll uncover that at the event. Like here's how Can't to, to, to P maxing. P maxing. P maxing. I don't know who's P-maxing. called it performance max. P maxing, baby. P max, baby. Yep, 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 yep. So hey, any Jock for for the listeners of either podcast. And this has been so like this has actually gone remarkably smooth, but it's also weird. Like, am I asking you the question? Are you asking me the question? Or we, are we just we're asking each turn? other questions? It's a first po- uh, co podcast in history. Yeah, that's yeah, so funny. Uh, in any any free resources, anything you want people to check out, anything you want people to do, other than you know, go go check out the yeah. The event. I I would say um, the biggest thing that um, you know we spend time putting out in a thoughtful way is every quarter we send out something called the Founders Report. Um, so if you go to raindrop.agency and you go to our little uh, menu and you find Founders Report, it's absolutely free. And it literally has the exact same type of content we talked about today and actual examples of the best performing creative at any given moment in time. Um, and so we do that for free. It's fun. Uh, we now have over 6,000 people, part of that that you know, uh, community. Um, and that's also how you would find out about events like uh, the one coming up in September. Awesome. And and I, I've seen that. I get that newsletter. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, Quick resource on our end at omgcommerce.com under resources. We got the top YouTube ad examples. And so uh, the Raindrop team made the list multiple times, but basically these are a collection of our favorite YouTube ads that we, we've we either seen scale firsthand or we've managed them or we just know they're really, really good. And so we got we got links to them, some, you know, some of my thoughts on why I think they're good, but I think that's another great way just to learn YouTube ads is by watching great YouTube ads. And so, so check that out as well. If you'd like to attend the How to Scale Your Brand on PMAX and YouTube event live at the YouTube LA offices this September 14th, then go to omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube event. Again, that's omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube event. And you can apply to attend for free there. Space is extremely limited. This is only for brands. Sorry, no agencies. We love you, agency friends. But this is for brands only at YouTube's request. Learn from me, Brett Curry. Learn from Jacques Spitzer from Raindrop. Learn from YouTube and some Google execs while you're there. Get a tour. Breakfast is included. Lunch is included. Happy hours included if you can stay but space is extremely limited. So head over to omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube event 
and apply today. And I hope to see you in LA and talk YouTube and PMAX in September. See you then. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.